Hey everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. Hope you're all having a great day so far. I know I sure am. And if it's your first time finding me, thanks so much and welcome. Welcome to episode six of my fifth season. Today is Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, all right, guys, we're already deep into winter and deep into the new changes for 2022. And of course, we're already well into the year of the audits, and it's only the second month of the year. I know we're going to get more and more and more as the year unfolds. But look, we do have some good news, right, to look forward to for this month of February so far. The Super Bowl is coming up in just a few days. Always very exciting. Go Rams, go. And of course, Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, whatever. I know it's filled with flowers and chocolates and red wine. All of my favorite things. And I'm going to try and take more and more mental health days as well when I need, right? I know we all do. And I definitely think these types of days need to become more mainstream so we can all take time necessary to decompress just so we can get back up and work even harder to get things done. Sometimes a two-day weekend just doesn't cut it. Am I right? Anyways, I have a lot to unpack today. Now in my compliance tip today, I dive into a snapshot of critical care in 2022. And today is also the second Wednesday of the month where I share my very newsworthy OIG work plan update. And I go ahead and round out today's episode with a remarkable quote on clarity and focus from Aristotle Onassis. If you've checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me, brings you enough to take back to your organizations, to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support. And as always, a friendly disclaimer, remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips and recommendations based on my over 10 years of experience in front office, back-end, coding, and billing for multi-specialty physicians, compliance, and auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. So let's get into newsworthy. I wanted to go over the eight new January 2022 updates made to the OIG work plan. The first is titled Superfund Financial Activities at the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences. Now, this is an audit from the Office of Audit Services. The National Institutes of Health's National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences, the NIEHS, provides Superfund research program funds for university-based multidisciplinary research on human health and environmental issues related to hazardous substances. Federal law and regulations require that OIG conduct an annual audit of the Institute's Superfund activities 
This is written in the Comprehensive Environmental Response, Compensation, and Liability Act of 1980, 42 U.S.C. Section 9611-K. Now, the OIG will review payments, obligations, reimbursements, and other uses of Superfund money by the NIEHS. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. Now, the second OIG work plan update for January 2022 is titled OIG Data Act Audit and Data Completeness and Accuracy 2022. Now, this is an audit coming from the office, again, from the Office of Audit Services. Now, on May 9, 2014, the President signed the Data Act of 2014, which mandated the establishment of government-wide data standards for financial and payment data by May 2015, as well as agency reporting of consistent, reliable, and searchable financial and payment data by May 2017, to be displayed for taxpayers and policymakers on usaspending.gov. The Data Act also requires the OIG to review a statistically valid sampling of the spending data submitted under this act by HHS and submit it to Congress and make publicly available a report assessing the completeness, timeliness, quality, and accuracy of the data sampled and the implementation and use of data standards by HHS. The OIG will use the independent external auditor contracted to audit the annual CMS and HHS financial statement audits to perform this work. The final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. Now, the third OIG work plan update for January 2022 is titled Mandatory Review of HHS Agency's Annual Accounting of National Drug Control Program Funds. This analysis is also stemming from the Office of Audit Services. Now, the Office of National Drug Control Policy Circular, the National Drug Control Program Agency Compliance Reviews, requires agencies expending funds on national drug control program activities to submit an accounting of such funds made during the previous fiscal year. The policy also requires that an agency submit with its annual accounting an authentication provided by the agency's OIG that expresses a conclusion on the reliability of the agency's assertions. The circular states that if in an agency's prior year, drug-related obligations were less than $50 million, the agency would not be subject to these authentication requirements. They will review how HHS agencies complied with the circular and will submit the authentication with respect to the HHS agency's annual accounting, beginning with fiscal year 2020, once every three years. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2022. Now, the fourth OIG work plan update for January 2022 is titled Medicare Administrative Contractor Cost Report Oversight, Contract Review. This is a review coming from the Office of Audit Services, once again. In accordance with their CMS contracts, Medicare Administrative Contractors, the MACs, are responsible for accepting, auditing, and settling provider Medicare cost reports. The MAC performs desk reviews of all cost reports and audits as warranted prior to settlement of the cost report to determine adequacy, completeness, and accuracy and reasonableness of the data in the cost report, 
The OIG will review the max cost report oversight by verifying the number of desk reviews and the number of audits performed in accordance with the CMS contract and identify non-compliance issues. Following this review, they will conduct additional reviews that will include MAC audit findings and recommendations to determine whether the provider implemented the recommendations and took corrective action. Finally, the OIG will examine CMS's oversight of the MAC cost report, desk reviews, and audits. This audit's objective is to determine whether the individual MACs met the requirements stated in the MAC contracts. The final report is expected in fiscal year 20. 23. Now, the fifth OIG work plan update is titled Follow-up Audit on CMS's Use of Medicare Data to Identify Instances of Potential Abuse or Neglect. This analysis will be conducted by the Office of Audit Services. Now, a prior audit identified 34,664 Medicare claims containing diagnosis codes that indicated Medicare beneficiaries were treated for injuries possibly caused by abuse or neglect from January 1st of 2015 through June 30th of 2017. Now, it's estimated that 30,754 of these Medicare claims were supported by medical records that contained evidence of potential abuse or neglect. However, CMS did not identify the Medicare claims that indicate potential abuse or neglect because, according to CMS, CMS officials, it did not extract data consisting of Medicare claims with diagnosis codes related to abuse or neglect. So the lack of a data extract impeded the ability of CMS and the public and the patient safety organizations to pursue legal, administrative, and other appropriate remedies to ensure the safety, health, and rights of Medicare beneficiaries. This audit is a follow-up to determine whether CMS approved its use of Medicare data to identify incidents of potential abuse and neglect since we issued our previous report. Now, the OIG will also determine, number one, the prevalence of incidents of potential abuse or neglect of Medicare patients in 2019 and 2020, and number two, who may have who may have perpetrated those incidents and where they occurred. And finally, third, whether the incidents were reported to law enforcement. Now, this final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. Now, the sixth OIG work plan update for January 2022 is titled Nationwide Review of Hospice Beneficiary Eligibility. Now, this analysis is being conducted by the Office of Audit Services. Hospice care can provide comfort to beneficiaries, families, and caregivers at the end of a beneficiary's life. To be eligible for hospice care, they must be entitled to Medicare Part A and be certified as being terminally ill. The certification of terminal illness for hospice benefits shall be based on the clinical judgment of the hospice medical director or physician member of the interdisciplinary group the IDG, and the beneficiary's attending physician, if they have one, regarding the normal course of their illness. Now, the Office of Audit Services has performed several compliance audits of individual hospice providers in recent years, and each of those audit reports identified findings related to beneficiary eligibility. The OIG will perform a nationwide review of hospice eligibility focusing on those hospice beneficiaries that have not had an inpatient hospital stay 
or an emergency room visit in certain periods prior to their start of hospice care. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. Now, the seventh OIG work plan update for January 2022 is titled Hospitals Compliance with the Provider Relief Fund Balance Billing Requirement for Out-of-Network Patients. This audit is being conducted by the Office of Audit Services. The Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, the CARES Act, the Paycheck Protection and Healthcare Enhancement Act, and the Consolidated Appropriations Act in 2021 appropriated a combined $178 billion in relief funds to hospitals and other health care providers. This funding, known as the Provider Relief Fund, the PRF, is administered by the Department of Health and Human Services, that's our HHS, the Health Resources and Services Administration, that's HRSA, and is intended to reimburse eligible health care providers for health care-related expenses or lost revenue attributable to COVID-19 and to ensure that Americans could get testing and treatment for COVID-19. Now, under the PRF terms and conditions, hospitals are eligible for PRF distribution payments if they attest to specific requirements, including a requirement that providers such as hospitals must not pursue the collection of out-of-pocket payments from presumptive or actual COVID-19 patients in excess of what the patient otherwise would have been required to pay if the care had been provided by in-network providers. The OIG will refer to this limitation on balance billing, commonly referred to as surprise billing, as the balance billing requirement. They will perform a nationwide audit to determine whether hospitals that received PRF payments and attested to the associated terms and conditions complied with the balance billing requirement for COVID-19 inpatients. The OIG will assess how bills were calculated for out-of-network patients admitted for COVID-19 treatment, review supporting documentation for compliance, and assess procedural controls and monitoring to ensure compliance with the balance billing requirement. The final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. And the final eighth OIG work plan update for January 2022 is titled Audit of the Administration for Children and Families Awarding and Monitoring of an Unaccompanied Children Program Sole Source Contract to Deloitte Consulting LLP. Now, this is an audit stemming again from the Office of Audit Services. The Office of Refugee Resettlement, the ORR, is a program office of the Administration for Children and Families, the ACF, within the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, which manages the Unaccompanied Children Program. Now, in fiscal year 2021, an influx of unaccompanied children began arriving at the U.S. southern border, coinciding with the nation's ongoing efforts to control the spread of COVID-19. As a result, ACF identified a need to increase the number of shelter beds in its provider network and entered into contracts for shelter and related services for unaccompanied children. Now, ACF awarded a sole source contract to Deloitte Consulting LLP to provide professional support services to address the influx of children at the southern border. The OIG will determine whether ACF awarded and monitored this sole source contract in accordance with federal statutes, federal regulations, and HHS policies and procedures. The final report is expected in fiscal year 2023.
23. All right. Wow. Right? Once again, the OIG never, ever tire, do they? They are still continuing to work on a myriad of audits and more audits and more audits this year, despite the lengthy public state of emergency that we're all enduring. Now, of course, I understand this audit on out-of-network balance billing for hospitals that received those PRF monies. It will be very interesting to see those results. I hope many, many patients saw some financial relief during their already stressful and already dire hospital stays with COVID-19 or for COVID-19. And another hospice audit, this is one that often troubles me. These patients are dying. They are all at end of life, right? This hospice audit yet again. We must do better by them and get the proper paperwork in order to ensure that these patients meet the eligibility requirements demanded by CMS. So in my opinion, I always pass this critical information on to my providers who need it to review their coding and billing practices or their overarching compliance programs. I think these reports with findings are always most interesting and informative, and I look forward to analyzing them in the years ahead. It's also important for my listeners to please pay attention to these monthly OIG work plan updates to see how they may impact you, your provider, or your health system. So stay tuned for my monthly OIG work plan updates because even in season five, they drop the second Wednesday of each month. And now it's time for my best practice tips in trusty tip. There's so much going on that's new for 2022. So today I wanted to go over a snapshot of some of the changes for critical care in 2022 when providers are in the same specialty. Now this snapshot was developed out of the change request 12543 internet only manual updates, IOM updates for critical care, split shared evaluation and management services, teaching physicians and physician assistants on January 14th, 2022. So you too should take all the time you need to read this, especially the sections that pertain to you and your specific providers. Now, the effective date was for January 1st, 2022, so a month ago. And the implementation date of these new changes in the IOM is slated for February 22nd, 2022. So just a couple more weeks. Now, some of these highlights include, for the same specialty, concurrent care in 2022. In 2022, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, that's our CMS, right, recognizes that critical care services may be provided concurrently by more than one practitioner. That means physicians or NPPs in the same specialty if those critical care services are medically necessary and if each of those critical care visits meet the definition of critical care. Now, also in 2022, CMS will allow same specialty subsequent critical care follow-up concurrent critical care time intervals, right? So, for example, if you have a cardiologist in critical care, right, 
and there is initial critical care for, for an example, 70 minutes is what they outline in the IOM, you're going to be coding that with CPT code 99291 for one unit, right? So nothing changes, remember, in 2022 for the CPT definition. Only one CPT code 99291 is actually allowed to be reported by one provider in the same specialty per date of service. So there's no changes there. You're only allowed to send out one claim for CPT code 99291. And then if you have another cardiologist, cardiologist number two, who is doing the subsequent critical care later on in that day for 90 minutes, they provide you with an example of how to code that. You can be using your CPT code 99292 for that additional time with three units. And then also in 2022, what's new, they're going to be allowing for aggregate time totals, which means adding up the times for more than one provider to meet the time totals in the CPT definitions for 99291, right? So that definition for 99291 is critical care, evaluation and management of the critically ill or critically injured patient the first 30 to 74 minutes. And for CPT 99292, the definition for that is critical care, evaluation and management of the critically ill or critically injured patient each additional 30 minutes. So they specify to you that the aggregate time example for 99291. So for example, if you have, let's say, I don't know, a pulmonologist, number one, who comes in and he's trying to bill for 20 minutes, he's documenting, excuse me, for 20 minutes of critical care time, right? That would be unbillable time because the minimum time of 30 minutes is not actually reached, right? He's only documenting that he saw the patient for 20 minutes of critical care time. So that's unbillable. But now, later on in the same day, pulmonologist number two comes in for critical care on the same patient. And he's documenting 30 minutes of critical care time. So what CMS is advising in 2022 is you can now aggregate or add up that time between the pulmonologist number one with 20 minutes and the pulmonologist number two with 30 minutes. So you're now qualified to have 50 total minutes of aggregate time. Then they provide you with another example, aggregate time example for the add-on code 99292, the additional time. So if there's aggregate time was used to calculate 99291, right? If you're adding up the totals for 99291, there must be an additional 30 minutes after the maximum time of 74 minutes is reached in the definition of 99291 to report that additional 99292, right? So your total in billing time must be at least 104 minutes to report the CPT code 99292 compliantly. So what that means straight up is you have to have 74 minutes of 99291 plus an additional 30 minutes for 99292. So those two together add up to 104. All right, let's move on. For critical care services can also be, this is also new, split shared in 2022. So in 2022, CMS is requiring the new modifier FS, F as in Frank, S as in Sam, 
to be appended to split shared critical care services. So in 2022, CMS requires that the practitioner who provided the substantive portion of the visit may bill. What does that mean, right? That's new terminology, that's new lingo here, substantive. So the substantive portion is equal to more than half of the cumulative total time of both providers. So for example, if you have an APRN, let's just call her APRN Jones, right? Who comes in and documents 20 minutes of critical care time plus your MD, let's call him MD Smith, who comes in for 45 minutes of critical care time. So if you add those together, 20 minutes plus 45 minutes, that's a total time of 65 minutes of critical care. So you should be billing that claim under the MD Smith, since more than half of 65 total minutes was spent by MD Smith, right? So now, also in 2022, CMS is going to be requiring documentation elements from all critical care providers. This is also new, which means each provider documents a note for the medically necessary critical care they personally performed. Each provider documents the time they spent in the medical record. The medical record must identify the individuals who performed the visit. Per CMS, the provider who performed the substantive portion must sign and date the medical record. But I always say to my providers, I always say that best practice should always include a signature and date from each provider rendering critical care services and documenting in the medical record. Now, critical care services documentation requirements in 2022. So in 2022, CMS is also stating that they require the total time must be documented by each provider and each practitioner providing those critical care services. In 2022, CMS requires all services furnished to patients, including concurrent care, were medically reasonable and medically necessary. And in 2022, CMS is also requiring documentation to include the role of each practitioner in the concurrent care. So you should be documenting the condition or conditions each concurrent care practitioner treats the patients for, as well as document how the critical care was concurrent, as well as document if it was subsequent to the initial critical care by a colleague, and do provide that name if you can, of that additional provider, if that's possible. And you should also be documenting if you're billing based on aggregate time. Please identify whose time you're adding onto, if that's possible. So that's a pretty good new snapshot, right, of some of these new changes for 2022 critical care time for concurrent specialists as well as split shared. So I think it's it's a big, huge change for this space, right? They can now split share their services, something that's never, ever been allowed before. So it's imperative then, in my opinion, that our NPPs are learning how to document their time properly in the medical record. They've never had to do that before to such detail. Our doctors have. I've seen a lot of great documentation from them over the years when it comes to their critical care time being properly documented. So 
A better, smarter approach is one that's proactive and starts by painting a clear, rich, and vibrant medical picture the first time, so your certified medical coder can then abstract codes with accuracy. And finally, I focus season five spark on clarity and focus. I want this fifth season spark to be filled with the world's thought leaders, writers, artists, philosophers, everyone who inspires the need for clarity and focus in all that we do. So in this week's inspiring quote in spark is from Aristotle Onassis. It is during our darkest moments that we must focus to see the light. Absolutely true, right? I think this is an amazing quote that reminds us to focus on the darkness within to gain the clarity and light we desire. We all have that light, that brightness within us. I am happy Aristotle Onassis's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you all diving into today with me. If you want more information from me, please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Please have an amazing, incredible week ahead, and please continue staying safe and healthy. Thank you so much for listening in on today's episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.